welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, there we go. Hello, welcome to episode 483 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you doing, Sean? I am doing really, really well. Uh, I had that crazy procedure cardioversion where they stop your heart and restart it and have some fun uh, yes. last week. And it's really good. It's really good. It's uh, I feel more kind of normal. And people have actually said to me since I had it done, oh, you're like your old self. Well, so it must be having some effects. Yeah. It's good to um, hear. And they've half some of my medications since they've done that, which is good because the effect has been positive. Wow. Yeah, um, mm. yeah no, you're looking good. You've had a haircut as well, I can see on the Zoom call, so that, that's taking Sexy years. Sexy or what? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, they stopped and started your heart again and off off you go. And your, your resting heart rate's come down quite a bit as well. Which Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, really. Uh, and I hadn't realised how much having that kind of atrial fibrillation and high heart rate was making my system like that. And suddenly it's calm. We're like, oh, it's really Yeah, good. it's interesting that, isn't it? I mean, I haven't got a smartwatch anymore, so I'm not like tracking my um, heart rate and, and being aware of it as much. But I don't think you need to really, do you? Because, you know, when I have a, caf- a bit more caffeine than I normally do, you can tell when your heart's... You can feel it, yeah. Just by a little bit of a... Yeah changing how you how you're feeling and um when you're anxious the thing, the thing that's weird is that um the watch if i go into into atrial fibrillation i go into af um it will actually go off and tell me mm. it will say like the apple watch and they give me this app on my smartphone where twice a day i put the app on put my finger on the camera and it reads like an ECG. It reads my blood and uh, heart rate and everything else. Yeah. Um, and sends a report directly back to the hospital twice a day. Clever. That's so weird. Mm. It's, it's weird. It's clever. Yeah, it's interesting. We should do talk about that really and about how the, the future of healthcare and medicine and all that and, and what's going on in the world. Because, uh, I mean, there's, there's good and bad to these things, isn't there? And part of my worry about tracking how much tracking we do of our sleep and our heart rates and our health with these smartwatches is that um sometimes it's always better and sometimes it's always better not to know too much stuff because uh i know from my own experience actually my wife's like this too but you know the, the small health issues i've had over the last few years um even if you if there's nothing necessarily that wrong with you the kind of thought that something might be wrong can increase your heart rate and your anxiety which can lead itself to um to other health issues can't it so um i know well, I, yeah. I, had, I had a skin cancer thing removed from my chest a few years ago now and and, the, and in that kind of time when i was worrying about the getting the results back um i lost quite a bit of weight um like i went down to eight stone two or something like that eight stone four which yeah. um i'm normally around the nine stone mark which is quite light light for a, a, a fully grown adult male anyway but um yeah just the anxiety um and i'm quite a chilled out fella apparently um 
made me drop lose quite a lot of weight and i was kind of trying to fight it a little bit and thinking oh and that made me even more worried <laughs> so, uh we're talking about mental health today aren't we and talking about this stuff but yeah. uh, we just got to be careful i think haven't we about what we what we sign up to and what, what we're tracking yeah i i was doing my obs my observations <clears throat> daily so i was doing like heart pressure um uh, oxygen saturation um temperature all that kind of stuff um and and I got to the point where I thought I need to stop doing this for a bit because I was getting a bit obsessed with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some people have that kind of personality. A lot of people, I have it with like um, energy stuff in the house. We've got a smart meter that I've been tracking quite yeah. religiously through the winter as you yeah. know to see how much gas we're burning. And um, I've got thermometers in certain rooms just to kind of keep an eye on temperature and all that kind of stuff. But it, it does get a little bit much sometimes. So. Yeah, you need to you need to look after yourself, don't you? Yeah, I, I've gone back to doing my obs because I have to do this thing for the hospital anyway. Um, since uh, I had this the cardio version procedure, yeah, um, and actually, um, since I've had that done, because everything's gone going back to normal, it's all quite boring, really. It's all <laughs> like, yeah. same, yeah, same old, yeah, yeah, which uh... is good. That's yeah, nice. interesting. Yeah, we're talking about time to talk today, which um, well, you, you want to introduce it because it's it's got its own special day now, isn't it? Yeah, well, we're, we're developing this thing uh, in our society now that we have days for things, and uh, so uh, to, in fact, it's today as we recall this. It's yep. time time to talk day two thousand twenty three. So there's a day every year. And there's a whole load of resources which we we've put on on here. Yeah, um, just quickly because it's um it's kind of put together by Rethink Mental Illness and Mind. Who are yeah, which we did it. stuff for, didn't we? I was just thinking. I saw the logo and I was like, oh, we went down to their office, didn't we? Or you yeah. did a talk and we did some podcasts way, I don't know, probably six, seven, eight years ago now. Yeah, and and I mean they they do good work. So I mean it's um. It's one of those things for me where we've, we're developing more awareness of our emotional and psychological needs, which is good, as long as we don't become obsessed with it, like I became obsessed with doing the ops or you're obsessed with your temperatures. It's like if we suddenly become obsessed with the fact that we ought to be doing something, then yeah. it loses all its natural process. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, I'll link to the website, you know, it's got stats around why the day is important and one in four of us will experience some kind of mental health problem in any given year. I can't believe that's so low, actually, I'm sure. I'm sure no, no, in, in, in some parts of the country and in some some countries, it's much higher than that. Yeah. It's like, it's like one in two, you know. I get, or like I know how... everybody at some point will, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to say, I can't imagine there's anyone on earth that doesn't, you know, I don't know how they're judging the... A, a mental health problem um but whether it's we all worry about this that and the other i guess you know i get i know i understand that it gets serious for some people and uh in some cases they may need to see a professional like yourself or or medication may be needed so i'm not sure exactly how that's uh they've come to that one in four because i would say 100 percent of people will experience some kind of mental health problem uh and i guess yeah it's a spectrum isn't it well, I work from the point of view, which not all people that want to do what I do would agree with, but I work from the point of view that we're all bonkers. I don't believe anyone's sane. 
I think we're just we're just differing degrees of bonkersness. Um, and as the stresses in life change and we have to deal with stuff, then uh, we're going to be moving around emotionally and internally. Mm-hmm. And we may be bonkers for a couple of years as we resolve something and then we go back to being more like we would have been before. You know? Yeah, I think yeah. that's a fair. I'm sure most of our listeners would agree with that, that, that we're, all, we're all bonkers in the words of Sean. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, it's like pink, pinky label. Um, uh, there was a thing about uh, psychopaths on the um, TV yesterday. Marie and I were talking about it afterwards, and we were talking about the issue of labelling people. Because um, one of the things I'm getting a lot of at the moment is people, it, it seems to be a thing that a lot of people are doing. They're being tested for ADHD in their 30s. So wow. we've now, oh, okay. we've now got kind of adult adult diagnosis, um, and people are talking to me and they're saying, "Well, it explains the way that I've been over all these years," mm-hmm. and uh, and they and somehow I don't know whether you can get this. It's like it becomes a justification for the things that they've got wrong in life. Wow. Yeah. yeah? Okay. And and what I'm saying to people a lot at the moment is, okay, it may be that, yes, you have had ADHD, yeah, and that may be the reason why these things happen, but actually it's not an excuse. Mm. And now that you know that you've had this diagnosis, you have to take that into account in the future and in your current interactions. So you don't do it again, there is no excuse. Yeah, that's fair enough. Because there can be that thing about, well, if I've got this diagnosis, I don't have any responsibility, do I? Mm. sorry i punched you in the face i've got adhd yeah mm. finally i've been diagnosed with tourette's so i'm just yeah i'm just gonna yeah crack on yeah <laughs> crack on as you are yeah um yeah yeah i <laughs> know yeah, it's interesting that i mean yeah i'm i'm, a, I'm 41 so i'm kind of it's, it's interesting kind of cultural stuff because i'm old enough to kind of have lived in an era when it wasn't really the done thing for fellas to in particular, fellas, I'm talking about here to, to talk about their mental health and all that. And I guess it's kind of pushing some cultural buttons now for all of us that we're our men in particular are, are enabled or expected to talk about how they're feeling a little bit more. And it it's not the kind of thing that changes overnight, is it? No. And I, I think although that theoretically and in some areas that's true, I think that in general we still live in a world where big boys don't cry, do they? Mm. You know, because if you do, then you're a wimp and all that kind of stuff. A wimp yes. and a wuss. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've got two little boys, or they're not that little anymore, but they're growing. Um, yeah. Still both in primary school, but uh, some of the things they say, you know, culturally, you kind of interest me because yeah, they they still there is still a good element of boys do this girls behave like that that kind of thing or mm. boys aren't boys aren't supposed to cry for example which uh it's interesting mm. kind of hearing them say that stuff and challenging them and just kind of discussing about why that might be right or wrong or that kind of thing mm. yeah but it yeah. takes it takes a few generations for things to change doesn't it when you were talking about yeah. this kind of yeah. but I, I think that the thing that's most important about this it's time to talk stuff is it indicates the fact that as a tribe of beings, we've separated out. And to me, it's the difference between the extended families is when I was a child, so there'd be lots of people living together or close to each other. 
and suddenly people exploded into these what are known as nuclear units. Right. Um, yeah. We have nuclear families, and and for very very often for people there isn't the support that there was. Yeah. You know, you you uh, as a child in in an extended family, you have aunties, uncles, cousins, all kinds of people that will be part of the informal stress management of the system, yeah. and that's gone. So we don't have informal stress management. We now have to formalise it. You now got to go and see Sean. You know what I mean? It becomes a formal thing rather yes. than something that we just naturally do to support each other. Right. Yeah. And okay, this is what I'm. This is the stuff that I'm fascinated in. How like how our environment has shaped shaped us over generations now. And you know, I'm. Um, I know I like to bang on about cycling a lot, but um, at a wider level, you know. So people will go to to Sean just to, to fix their mental health issues, and they'll go to the gym to fix their physical health issues. Whereas in the past, you would have got exercise in everyday life, as in the, by the the job that you were doing, the work that you were doing, the way that you we moved around, more walking, not necessarily cycling, just kind of you know from way back when when we had to run places <laughs> to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so now instead of like having an environment that allows us to to walk around or to run to, to run or to cycle we have we have cars that transport us to the gym um once or twice a week so that we get our little fix of physical <laughs> well-being and, uh, one, one of the things that you said to me years ago about cycling was that when people bike and walk they talk they meet mm-hmm. the people in their street when you come out of your drive in your car and you drive off you might wave to people, but you never talk to them. Mm. You know, you're in your metal box as you go along. And that is a fundamental kind of underpinning of society. And that means an underpinning of emotional and mental health. Yeah. You know? So I guess I appreciate that we do need to talk and we do need to make time to talk. But um, my concern is that, yeah, we've, we've built a world that is fundamentally like um, unhealthy. Um, not just in how we move around, but yeah, in, in a kind of mental health sense as well, and how we interact with our fellow citizens, uh, and that we are not—we're not citizens anymore. We're consumers. We're kind of labelled as consumers, aren't we? Um, and I think that needs pushing back against a little bit. And I think we need to do some deeper work in how we kind of structure our lives, which is again hard. And it, we've we've spent generations building a certain kind of work, world in a certain kind of way. And we're going to have to do the same in reverse, probably in a slightly shorter period of time, but it will it will take time, won't it? I, I think that the idea that you have to create a day or a time when you talk indicates the problem. Yes. Because if we were just talking and supporting, we wouldn't need the day. And we wouldn't say, okay, two o'clock every day, we all have to sit down and talk to each other. And and they do do some exercises like that in some schools now mm. where, you know, you have talk time. So we have to sit down and actually talk with each other. I know. Um, um, I mean, it's the same in my active travel world as well. So there's cycle to work week, I think, is in September or something like that. And there's national walk to school week, that kind of thing, which, you know, I've supported these things and I'll promote them. But I have realised that it's a bit it's a bit messed up and i wonder whether we should flip it on its head completely uh and just have a like a drive to school week and a drive to school day national drive to school day um 
just to kind of flip the conversation on its head because what happens is culturally when we're talking about mental health we're kind of setting aside this one day of the year and it's i think it's psychologically telling people the rest of the time yeah yeah you just do whatever the hell you want yeah (laughs) you know yeah yeah and and if you look at the amount of special days there are you know today is international you know breast cancer day Mm. you know does that mean that we don't deal with breast cancer any other day of the year and of course it's not you know there's people at these charities doing amazing work yeah yeah on this stuff but i guess maybe they're a little bit hamstrung and we all are in terms of what we can we can do and what we can get away with we need to be thinking much more broadly really and we all we are you know the people working at mind and rethink will be working for long-term fixes on this stuff but I, i do worry whether we have whether these national days of whatever are doing more harm than good in some way. You know, is that all right to say? I, I think it's easy to create an avoidance. Um, recently, a couple of weeks ago, I think there was a be kind to somebody day or something <laughs> like that. You know, so you had to kind of go out of your way to be kind to someone that day. And I'm thinking, Hang on a minute. Like, if that was normal behaviour, you just say, oh, well, I just carry on like that's what I do because I'm kind to people, you know. I wouldn't, it would be, I need to maybe figure out time to set something up like this, but maybe we should set up a series of days which are the reverse of this stuff, um, like a national be an arsehole day or national, yeah, national drive to work day, that kind of thing. Just to that's kind of you, get... that's who's asked can I grab today day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to kind of start to flip the conversation a little bit more in terms of, yeah, the, 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 the greater good for being the majority of the time and having this one day of the year when you get to do whatever the hell you want, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. I but, but that whole thing, you know, um, as I, I keep saying, it's not, I don't own it. It's like um, if we all look after each other, we'll all be okay. It's not like one day, yeah, hey, we're going to look after each other. Yeah. You know, it should be what that's what we do. Yeah, you know, and I... Um, like I say, the time to talk day and national cycle, cycle to work day, I mean, they're all working towards um, a bigger goal. So, yeah, it's trying to kickstart a habit, isn't it, um, that will last longer. And I guess we're just kind of questioning you and I now whether that one day a year or a week of the year is enough to kickstart the habit. And uh... I, I think that the other thing that we have to be aware of is the, the depth so that, um, it's it's a bit like you go into work Monday morning and someone comes in and you say, oh, hiya, how are you? And they say, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And we know that fine is F-I-N-E. It stands for effing and sincere with no emotion, which really means I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to kind of push it off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and equally so, if someone says to you, oh, how are you? They don't mean how are you. They mean hello. Because if you tell them how you are, they freak out usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but it, it, it's understanding the depth that we're talking about. And yes, we could take time to talk, but we're going to talk about the price of frozen chips or anything meaningful. Mm. Yeah, it's that thing as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe the price of frozen chips is meaningful. Maybe that's what. The in, in a, when you're in an economic crisis, it certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I did a little bit of digging just before we came on, and I, I did find an article that's quite interesting, which is talking about why it's not always good to talk about mental health. But and it's not necessarily you shouldn't do it at all. It's it's kind of saying that you need to pick your moments. You need to be careful about who you're talking about this stuff with, because not we're not all qualified 
um, psychotherapists, are we? Yeah. We're, not, we're never going to be. Um, and I guess if you are going to talk about your emotions and try and move things on for yourself, you need to be a little bit careful about who you're talking to. Because if you have the wrong interaction with someone, uh, it can it could set you off in the wrong direction completely. Yeah, and there there is something else in that, which is that if you have repressed emotional stuff in the back of your of the cupboard in your head, um, and you start fiddling with the boxes because you're gabbing about things, a box can tip over, and all this stuff can come out from when you were a child or whatever that was the like repressed emotional memories. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. And if that does happen, usually you do need a bit of professional help to kind of get stuff back in the box and tidy it up yeah so i actually haven't checked your um link too much the time to talk day but i guess what a a learning point from that would be that not just focusing on ourselves and who we're talking to but also ourselves as people that will be spoken to and like I, i don't feel i'm the best at giving advice even to my own family sometimes about how to deal with their mental health issues i can be sometimes a little bit dismissive but, but, but very often um as a therapist some will come some pump everybody will come in they'll tell me what their problem is they'll tell me what they need to do about it and then they'll tell me how wonderful i am and go away mm. and i've said virtually nothing yeah yeah and what they needed was they needed someone to bounce it against okay yeah and because you you didn't react and get all kind of like, they was like mm, okay yeah i'm not bonkers i'll go and do that yeah okay so sometimes it's good just to be a sounding board and not feel like you need to yeah so sometimes you don't need to give anybody any advice at all Mm. yeah Mm. i kind of do that with my design work quite a bit like yesterday i was presenting something to um some 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 of my uh colleagues and we're building this website and I've, i've done this first version of a page on the website and i knew it wasn't right and i quite often do this for my work and i'll i know something's not right but i'll share it anyway because I need someone to tell me what what what's wrong with it because I won't always know. So I shared this page with someone with which had loads of content on it and that I'd just kind of done in a bit of a rush. And then they gave me the advice as to what, you know, politely and constructively. And then it was like, ah, yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking. Or So sometimes mm. you need to share an idea with someone knowing that, mm. um, yeah, yeah, knowing that you need that you need some help and that you, you might not necessarily get the yeah. answer back that you were looking for or expecting. Yeah yeah so it's good to talk <laughs> yeah yeah no it's true it's true <laughs> yeah but yeah not just think about it as well because sometimes well, people will talk to you and i guess maybe part of the this whole debate and this kind of movement is that it's not just about getting stuff off our own chests it's about being receptive to things and knowing what to say in, in reply Maybe that's maybe that's the key. Actually, maybe that's more important than having the confidence to get stuff off your own chest. It's about having the confidence to listen to the other person and know how to reply to them because that, that that's hard, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, but like I say, very often people don't want you to give them advice. They want to be able to say what they need to say. Yeah, you know, um, and it is it's like at the end of the day. Um, if I, I could take you to situations like theatre teams or triple nine teams that are working on the front line and they'll finish shift and may go and have a coffee or whatever and the things that they say which is what I would describe as black humour 
other people would be horrified at. <laughs> yeah, but none of it is negative. They're just kind of unloading all the crap that they've built up and they're holding during the day. Yes. And humor isn't a negative thing in that sense. It's a way of releasing. Mm. Yeah. Now, it, it, if you don't understand the context and you're listening to it, you might be horrified by it. Yeah. yeah? But actually, it's really important for the people that are processing it. Um, yeah, I know. And that, and that, we kind of live in a world, don't we, of kind of extreme judgment as well. So, people, so like meeting minutes are being recorded and you know shared with the, the public and you know, I might be a counsellor at some point soon so um, and I've got quite a dark sense of humour so it, it could land me in trouble at some point if certain <laughs> aspects of if my humour you know um, are kind of revealed um, but I, we need to be a little bit kind of mindful that people do need to kind of vent sometimes don't they and they have different yeah. ways of expressing themselves yeah and and venting isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's what do you do after? Yeah. You know, it's it's the how do you resolve things, which is more important because we all of us at some point, if we went back, uh, anybody who's honest with themselves would tell you, yeah, I did that and there were times when I did this and I shouldn't have done that because that's the nature of being a human being. Yeah. Um, but lots of us would go, Oh no! Of course not. I'm perfect. I never said it. Yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fascinating. All right. So yeah. Um, in summary, it is good to talk, but um, it's 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 more complicated than just yeah. And don't talk just one day a year. Yeah. You know, and if you see someone who looks like a bag of crap, you might actually just say to them, "Are you okay? Is there anything you need?" You know, or if you want to talk, give a shout. Yep. You know, it may be as simple as that. And and some people just knowing that there are other people are around for them, they may not use it, but knowing that it's there is such a relief for them. Yeah. 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 But we have to actually say, you know, I'm available. Mm. You know. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um. Cool. All right. So you've got a resource, haven't you? A, a PDF. Yeah. You know it, it, it's the um, it's part of that um, of the, the time to talk stuff, um, and they've got all kinds of things on there. Like they've got a bingo game where yeah. you, you you can pick up stuff from that, which is fun. Yeah, it's cool, and it, yeah. just erase the date from it. Like, yeah, that's this is this is stuff you can use every day. So it is interesting. Yeah. It's, it's useful yeah. stuff, but yeah, don't worry too much about the date on it. And in fact, this yeah. podcast is going to probably come out a week or so after um, after the big day itself. So, it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter, yeah. does it? Because this is this is stuff we should. Because every day is every a day. Time yeah. Yeah. Like I said to you when we were talking earlier on, all you got to do is sit outside. I can sit out in the garden and there'll be a bird going, uh, it's talking, I don't know what they're saying, but they're shouting out, I'm here, hey, woo! And someone else in another tree goes, yeah, and I'm here too. And they've got this kind of conversation going on in their own language. Um, but to my, in my mind, they're talking to each other. They're connecting, Yeah. And that's what we need to do. And like I said to you, when, especially when I was a kid and I first started work in London, you go on the underground train, you got 200 people that you're pressed up pretty close to in, in intimate space. No one's looking in anyone's eyes. They're all reading the adverts. 
because yeah. they're avoiding communicating. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And well, that, that, that speaks to my kind of interest in car culture and driving because I think as much yeah. as great as it is for to be walking and cycling and waving to hello to everyone and taking part in the world, in the, I think part of having a car is and an unspoken kind of truth about it is that people quite like that kind of privacy in the um that yes, it's my safe space isn't it in my yeah. metal box so, yeah uh, yeah it is um but party's over and i don't think ultimately it's that healthier way of no of, of doing things from a from a mental no. health point of view so yeah. that links that leads me to my resource which is a an organization called create streets <laughs> they're more of a like an architectural company but or organization but they they, they talk a lot about the kind of um emotional impact that a good a good street and good buildings can have on us and i think this is much part of the deeper conversation we need to have it's not just about getting on a bike or not driving somewhere it's about the kind of wider public realm stuff about how we interact with people and how good street design can have a huge impact probably way more impact on mental health than any any <laughs> any yeah. of these charities could ever hope yeah. to have so it's i'm really keen on pushing this this stuff so. yeah yeah um, yeah, we need to create streets. So yeah, yeah. check it out. Okay. Right. Well, good. That was yeah. a good one, eh? Yeah. You take care. All right. Just you keep talking. Tweet. I will. You know I will. <laughs> Cheers, Sean. Yeah. Can't <laughs> shut him up. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Take it easy. See ya. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.